But generally, what blows me away is that everybody talks so fondly about it. And for, for them, for the cast, they always get like, oh, you know, I love that film. And they always get like really positive response. So... Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Leighton. On this episode, we speak to Carl Prekedzer, who is the writer and the director of Blue Juice. Blue Juice, baby! Yeah, English surf film. Yes. This is another one of our absolute favourites. I think on this one, I could have nerded out for hours and hours and hours. I, I think we got to the point at the end of the interview, it was like, yeah, i got to go, guys. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but what about? <laughs> yeah, he was a super, super nice guy. Really, really cool guy. So before we get into our chat with Carl, don't forget, head over to Northcore, use the code SSPODCAST, and that will get you 15% off anything you order. And that is valid till the 30th of June, that one. After the 30th of June, so from the 1st of July, the code is SURFSHOW. All capitals, S-U-R-F-S-H-O-W, and that will then get you 15% off anything you order from North Core. Yep, go over there, do that, get some cheap surf stuff. Now the season's coming back in for the summer, and let's jump into our chat with Carl. My name's Carl Prekedzer. I'm a writer, director, occasional surfer. Surf-wise, I'm best known for the film Blue Juice. Yeah, the film Blue Juice. That was, uh, that was a pretty major one. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of it came out at the kind of the perfect time for for me and Pete. We were teenagers in the nineties, so when it came out, it just it, like the only thing before that was Point Break. Really, was it? Was was that like ninety one? I think Point Break came out. Was it? Yeah, it was a little a little bit before. I think slightly later than that, but yeah, around that time. Yeah, and then well, obviously, then you've got to go back eighties North Shore, and then you've got to go back Endless Summer. You know, you go yeah. right back, but mainstream movies there hadn't been one for ages and i mean that time in the 90s when uh, blue juice came out was the time that sort of surfing and skateboarding had dropped off and then it started to build up again mm. yeah come back it's like really progressive wasn't it i know because we we were skaters and we were the only two skaters at school in that time because it did it was not cool and then in like the mid 90s it started to come back the same with surfing and so that film kind of dropped at the perfect time in particular for us, and especially because it was English as well. We, we really connected with that film. Fair play. Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting that, you know, there was such a scene locally in all sorts of areas in the UK in that period. But, you know, people outside of, you know, Devon, Cornwall, Wales, Scotland, you know, outside of the local areas, people weren't aware of it. I mean, you know, when you, you, know, when you think of those times, there was there were not the big brands and the big shops that exist now. There wasn't all the surf schools on the beach. You know, it's like, you know, you walk down the beach and people would go, you know, where's he going? He must be mad, you know. Whereas <laughs> whereas now it's like everyone and their dog is on a board, you know. So yeah. it's, it's amazing how different it was. But it, at the same time, as you know, you know, growing up in the South, you know, those areas of, uh, sure, they've changed. And uh, in a lot of ways, in a, in a good way. But, you know, those local areas are, are kind of still the same as they were. I mean, they, they are and they aren't, but they, they've still got the vibe that they had. And it's amazing how different it is when you go to go surfing anywhere in England out of season. And yeah. suddenly it's a whole new world. Yeah. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to, to kind of break in with the locals. Yeah, it's definitely got that vibe that the film portrays really well. And I think that's why we connected to it because it does give you that feeling of what it is actually like, isn't it? To have that group of friends, you do feel like part of the the crew in the film. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because the original idea and the original drafts were were much more local. They were much more based on the the vibe of some of the sort of Australian and American films that had come before, which were much more independent. But at the time, Channel Four. You know, it had the success that it had with with four weddings, and it was it was really really eager to sort of push into a much more commercial area. So they, you know, they loved the idea and they loved the fact that you know there was the possibility to make a film about a, a scene which was you know people hadn't really seen on screen, but they they pushed it into a more commercial territory, which I'm not saying is is good or bad, but 
originally it was much more about what it was like to kind of grow up and be a surfer in the south in Cornwall and you're kind of like unruly London mates turn up and you've got to come to terms with where you came from and compared to where you are now and it was it was more about that and then I think the good thing that changed was it became you know JC became a more universal character he became much more of the here's the guy or the person with the decision to make you know do I do I stick and stay do I change do I stay with this woman that I love do I move on you know there, there were much more it developed into a more universal character, but it lost a bit of the localism. Yeah, I know what you mean on that, but it's it's a it's one of those films. It's just like Leighton was saying, you know, it came in at that right time of us. Mm. It was it was through three films we watched all the time: North Shore, mm. Point Break, and Blue Juice. But Blue Juice was that one you could really relate to from you know going down to Devon and Cornwall and surfing down there, and you know that. You see spots on there and like or places around where you're filming. Mm. Like, oh, I know where that I know where that place is, and uh, you know it's always nice to see when. Yeah, because uh, it was filmed in mainly in St Agnes. Is that right? It started off in in Aggie because because of Steve England and Rob Small, and and they were the first people that we met. We got this kind of tiny budget from Channel Four, like two hundred fifty quid or something. Oh, it was probably a bit more than that, but it wasn't much to go and <laughs> a lot in the nineties. To- yeah, exactly. But we went and we we camped at Senan, you know, right down. Yeah. And just to be able to kind of get involved and to be able to get in the water and, I mean, I wouldn't say surf, make idiots of ourselves and just, you know, kind of get into it. And then we went up to Newquay and there was a surf comp on and we were just sort of like hanging out. And we met Rob and Steve. I think that Rob was very badly hung over at the time. And they sort of, like, it was classic sort of Cornish surf comp. And, you know, we just became mates and we went to St Agnes with them and met everybody who was there and made fools of ourselves, like, paddling out, you know, one day that was quite big and we didn't know what we were doing. But it, it was, they were sort of like, look, these guys are up for it and they're not, they're not pretentious. They're not coming down with any kind of London vibes. They're fascinated. So we, we kind of based ourselves in St. Agnes to start off with. But, you know, the thing about the area around St. Agnes, as you know, is that it's it's somewhat limited wave-wise. You know, you, you there's not the consistency that there is. I mean, they probably kill me for saying this, but, <laughs> but further south in, in the St. Ives area. And, and when you've got a kind of crew that, you know, by by contemporary standards, is, is small, but we still had a lot of people, and we needed a little studio, and we did, you know, so so St Ives was a better base for us, and we could use Gwythian, and we could get access from the harbour at St Ives with the kind of limited boats we had, and blah blah blah, and we could get to the south coast from there. So so we used a little bit towards St Agnes, but mostly St Ives and some some areas on the south coast, and then. We went to La Santa for the big end sequence because we couldn't get the money, you know, the finances. I never forget the finance meeting, and they were like, "So surfing in England, yeah." We were like, "Yeah," and they were like, "Is that consistent then?" And we were like, "Yeah." And they were like, <laughs> "Really?" And we were like, mm, "Sometimes, you know." And <laughs> and it was, you know, we we needed solid reefs that were consistent and so we, we kind of the closest port of call that was accessible was the canaries yeah. um so la santa became the wave at the end. but even that was fickle you know when we first arrived you know the guys that we were like looking out from the flight and that you could see the white tips and i was like yes it's going off you know and steve was like yeah it's it's i think it's going off a bit too much carl you know and i was like no that'd be brilliant be brilliant you know and we got down to the center and it was like raging like 40 foot out of control i was like right let's go and they were like no no way are we getting in there it's got to calm down and and so we we were stuck for like three or four days unable to get in the water because it was just it was just out of control and the last thing in the world that you want is landlocked surfers in a hotel 
with mini bars. It was just <laughs> like, oh I was just praying for the conditions to calm down because otherwise it was just going to be disastrous. But I mean, they did and it was, it was miraculous, but yeah. So, I mean, that's that, that we used a lot of different locations and, you know, you, you, when you when you're shooting in and around the water, you, you've got to be flexible because as soon as you turn up with the camera, it'll be flat. Yeah, we know that feeling. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> everybody knows that feeling. You get like, well, I've got a GoPro. Oh, I've got a GoPro. That's it. Nothing goes completely flat. I know. Uh, so you're. I read somewhere that your initial surfing, you didn't actually surf before you had the idea, or you just started before you had the idea of the film. No, it's really weird because actually I was born in Devon. I was born in Exeter and my folks ended up retiring 40 minutes from Saunton. And in all that time, I didn't surf. And, and actually, I went to the States to go to uni. And, you know, even in California, you know, I mean, we mucked about, but we didn't surf. And it was because of a good friend of mine who started to go out with a girl who was originally from Newquay. And he came back and he was like, man, you've got to come see this. This is just such a scene. And it's one of those sort of classic moments as a kind of writer where you sort of see something, you think, oh, this is, this is brilliant. I mean, this is, there's so many possibilities here. And I, I mean, I'd always been a water lover, so it wasn't something that I, I shied, shied away from, but I just I hadn't had the access to it. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the mates I've been to art college in London. I, I just didn't have the mates around me that were that were into it. But you know, you start doing it, and that's it. Your life's over. You know, <laughs> everything changes. You know, because of the film, then you it made you into a surfer. You know, it'd be a big statement. You know, I've seen, I've I've listened to a number of your podcasts, and I'm aware of the of the talent that you've had on. <laughs> for me to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a surfer. You know, would be. Fairly embarrassing given the uh, level of people you've had on board, but I love it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, that's the main thing, isn't it? You know, I mean, I I've had a chance to surf in many places all over the world, and you know, now you know, living on the south coast, you know, it's it's pretty inconsistent where I am. So I've taken to kind of stand up because it just gets me in the water more often than on the longboard. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. And, and weirdly, I discovered that there's a wave literally outside my family home in the south of Italy, which I never even knew existed because we always went on holiday in the summer when it was flat. And I happened yeah. to be there a few years ago in the winter. And I was like, is that a wave? You know, <laughs> and lo and behold, you know, I've discovered surfing in the south of Italy, which is not so bad. Yeah, God, what a discovery that is. Uh, family home as well. <laughs> I know. Well, you've seen that wonderful movie, Bella Vista, hey? No. No, really? Oh, there's a, f- a fantastic, definitely check it out. It's a it's a brilliant movie called Bella Vista, uh, made by Chris Del Moro, who's kind of, not half Californian, half American, half Italian. And he goes, and he goes to Italy to kind of back to the roots and discovers surfing in, the, the on the coast in actually it's on the Tuscan coast and it's kind of like part history of Italian surfing part journey for him that's fabulous yeah I would definitely check that out no, my, my my Italian knowledge goes to a, a little bit of what I learned at school because we did Italian at school for so like they, they one year they brought it in and said oh we're going to do Italian and then stopped it like the year after <laughs> classic <laughs> Goes to uh, Buongiorno, Comitichiami, and Michiamo Pedro. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need in the water. Yeah. And That's wicked, it. probably just chucking wicked or stoked oh, or something. Yeah. It'll be fine. And the old, uh, I think it was a Vetti Biglietti Peralta bus or something like that, which is how much you ticket for the bus or something. That's the, just random <laughs> things you can remember. Is what you need to learn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but like, on Blue Juice, like you had major, like, well, I, they were up and coming at the time. I suppose mm. every, every single one of them, even down to uh, Terry, who I saw in Coronation Street not long ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Terry, and I was like, Terry's done a runner, <laughs> <laughs> and he was on, uh, he's on Coronation Street, and uh, but like all of them have like like mega stars. It was, was Blue Juice a stepping stone in their career in, in kind of like a 
a major way. No, I think I think everyone was, you know, on the edge of doing major things at the time. I mean, Ewan was just about to do train spotting. I did that one. Sure, <laughs> a bunch of stuff. You know, the the major the major star at the time was Catherine because of her TV career and things that she'd done. But the absolute joke was the investors didn't want to cast her. They were like, no, she's TV, she's not this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, she's a fabulous person from, like, Wales who people love. You know, what is wrong with you, you know? And it was a real, real fight to get her cast. And everybody else was was about to do a, a load of major things, but hadn't, and therefore it was possible to to get them involved and it was a kind of snowball effect which was the thing we spoke to you and to start off with and he really liked the script and then he spoke to Sean and then they all started to speak to each other and it kind of came out of that because we were seeing a lot of I mean you know we saw we were so lucky we saw everyone that was around I mean we saw Steve Coogan you know, we saw so many people that were yet to to be major stars who were around at that time. There was a real, you know, it was a real pot of talent. But it was it was great. And, I mean, they all, I think the thing that they get out of it is that, you know, occasionally you might get somebody saying, oh, I don't really like the film or whatever. But But generally what blows me away is that, Everybody talks so fondly about it. And for, for them, for the cast, they always get like, oh, you know, I love that film. And they always get like really positive response. So, yeah, you know, it, we were lucky. We were really, really lucky. I had a great producer, Simon Ralph, with wonderful connections. And we just, it just picked up momentum. The minute that people kind of heard about this film, everybody wanted a chance to kind of, come in and chat so it was it was it, like I say the hardest thing was convincing the finances to go with Catherine I mean can you believe it I mean it's just like crazy you say that and I don't think well you may not have any idea what a teenage boy seeing that film for the first time <laughs> James yeah. dancing in her like underwear <laughs> and it's the what is it it's the, the trifle get it on <laughs> yeah T-Rex get it on it was like oh what's happening <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I bet they changed. That's all of that scene's all about guys. That scene's all about masculinity and Sean, the way that he has to come <laughs> to terms with himself. It's got nothing to do with Catherine, in not very much. Please, please be sensitive. At fifteen years old, all we could see was that walk down the corridor. In Fair the enough. Room. Well, I just, I, you know, I can't say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's brilliant, and um. Well, Leighton said before, actually, we were chatting before, and he goes, do you know what I want to ask? What does JC stand for? Because it's never addressed. (laughs) (laughs) JC stands for JC. I mean, he he had, like, loads and loads of names. I think it was one of those moments where we were in a meeting, and they were like, sir, central character, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, JC? And they were like, yeah, JC. And it just sort of... It just developed from there. I can't give you a good story about that or a great reveal. Oh, we were hoping kind of exclusive because we're like, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> well, go, going back to the cast, mm. anyway, you had on there. So you had um, Sean Pertry as JC, Catherine Seat Jones, like you said, uh, Ewan McGregor as Dean. Uh, and even the guy who played Josh Tambini, Steve McIntosh, he's to to do major things now, isn't he? He's like yeah. doing TV and stuff. And then you've got Mike of Keith Allen, who we were talking about this. So, like, well, because I, I said to Pete, you know, there wasn't really a bad guy in the film, was there? Mm. And he said, you know, it was Keith Allen, wasn't it? I said, yeah, but he wasn't like a bad guy as in he had a lot of scenes or anything. So yeah. it was an overall happy film about yeah. these guys dealing with some issues around Dean. Yeah. But the actual bad guy that was making dean do those things didn't he wasn't actually like a like a major figure in it so it didn't feel like there was a bad guy in the film do you know what i mean yeah absolutely well it's meant to be you know it was that it was born out of the desire to make a 
to make a feel good movie and to make a kind of you know a bromance. You know, it was one. Of, it was it was years. And, I mean, I'm not saying oh, we discovered the genre, but um, you know, it was years and years before Hangover and any other kind of movies that were about guys getting together. And you know, we didn't want to. You know, journalism, Alan surf the boneyard. It was a little bit of a stretch in the script anyway, if you know what I mean. I mean, now, you know, if it was Red Bull or whatever, you know, you wouldn't even blink about it. I mean, I've been working on a movie that's about diving, and the first thing that you you talk about is, you know, how should we include, not not sponsorship as in how do we get the movie sponsored, but, you know, how do we make it believable with social media and something like Red Bull? You know what I mean? It's a, That's a conversation that you have to have now because if you don't, if you don't do it, suddenly your movie's unbelievable. But, you know, at the time, that was a little bit of a push. So, but um, the story was about, you know, Sean's character, JC, and the will he, won't he, you know, is in a, he's in a question, you know, sorting himself out or not sorting himself out and, you know, how his mates turning up was the worst possible thing that could happen to him. So so in a way, in a in a in a bromance, in a comedy, that they're actually the antagonists. They're the guys that can make it go the wrong way. You know, they're the guys that are setting the fireworks out outside the house going, Well, hey, let's have it, you know, and he's like, No, not now, not a good idea. You know, so. <laughs> not why he's having trifle. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Having hung off a pipe. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's there's like we we did it with we've done it with north shore and we do it with blue juice there's so many things that we say from yeah we just recite the scripts yeah like all the time and this is like what like 20 it's the 25th anniversary last year wasn't yeah. it yeah 25 years later down at water guy no and you know that they they you know i i we tried to find it in the states where we were there well, a good few years ago now, but you know they used to be like a kind of shout along, sing along version in LA of the film, like every six months or something. You know, like you kind of get a get a kind of sing along with the sound of music. You know, they used to do it like a kind of live comedy show with Blue Juice. You know, which I thought was hysterical. Amazing. amazing. See, seeing this in English uh, film as well, that is amazing. That it's yeah. To, and they do that. That's kind of cool. Well, it's like, can you imagine a bunch of Californians doing the jingle for Smuggler FM? I mean, it'd be hysterical. <laughs> it's like kind of reverse. Was that was that taken from the uh, the? Well, I can remember the sort of eighties, nineties, listening to the radio on the way down to. Cornwall. Oh God, West <laughs> Country Radio. I mean, yeah, you know, and and, and also, it's what what it came. It was a joke because it it came from you know, back in the day when you had the old cassette deck in the car and it usually jammed up and then you were stuck with radio and then, you, you know, you'd get past Taunton and then suddenly yeah. all you had was local radio, you know, and that, that bit from kind of Exeter South with nothing else than that was just like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I, I do remember those trips with uh, with the radio on. And, it's like uh, you've landed on a different planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. Did you it was very. Uh, we're probably just offending everyone in Cornwall. Now. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay. We're talking about the past, but that's all right. Um, what, what we've noticed in the film, um, there's lots of uh, SAS. Mm, uh, yeah. Like, uh, which was, yeah. So. See, that was intentional because uh, at Absolutely. the time they've been running a few years, haven't they? So yeah. the film really helped them. Well, they were based in Aggie. They were based in St. Agnes. Or, or are based in St. Agnes. And so, you know, that was, you know, an integral part of it because it was a film about a local character and 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 that was the setting. And obviously that was, and still is, hugely important to anyone involved in the water in this country and you know, not only did we want to feature it, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to push it. So you, you, did you approach them or did they, did they approach you to? No, we didn't. It wasn't a question of approaching because as I said, you know, we were, I mean, you think a movie takes a good couple of years to get going. We were backwards and forwards for about two years. So, you know, aside from hanging out with the guys and being in the water and, you know, they were our, you know, we couldn't have made the film without those 
people. I'm not saying specifically without surface against sewage, but without the community down there and and the SAS was integral to that community. So it was a, just a natural development, really. I mean, that's really nice to hear, isn't it? Because that, you know, you've you have kind of integrated into that community by doing that and it's yeah. i think that might be why the film was such a success oh, you, you know hugely so i mean when you when you think of the fact that you know simon ralph who was the film's producer was you know originally from the isle of Wight, but he ended up living in somerset and you know simon's philosophy was with everything with, with all the movies that he you know, he made comrades in Australia, and it was all—it was always about making sure that local communities benefited. You know, we didn't move this army down from London and take over. That would have just been horrible, and and we would have lost—we would have lost the faith of all of the people that we've been talking to for two years, who who rightly were going, "You're not going to make us look stupid, are you?" You know what I mean? It was there was a mutual respect going on that was really important and so you know we created our own little studio in a warehouse outside of St Agnes you know we used local people I mean you know half of the film crew that were originally you know split between St Agnes and St Ives they're still working in the film industry I mean they left Cornwall and became that that was became their careers I mean at least 10-15 people you know so you know, I'm still, of course, mates with Steve and Rob, and you know, and as a as a person that, as I said, was born in Devon, it's you know, it's it's part of your life. It's not just oh, you know, the circus turns up and you make something and bye. You know, it's not. It was never like that. Which I think the film's got a lot of faults for me. I mean, you know, don't ask a filmmaker what they think of their film. You know, it's just, there's not enough time, but. At the same time, the bit that I like is the bits that are genuine. Yeah, yeah, We're, yeah. Which is, which is the whole film, really. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, no, we, you know, it is it is a great film, and there's well, I I could just sit here and quote bits at you till you got irritated with me. You know, it's <laughs> it, it's quite easy for me to do that. But there's like certain bits in it, like the the character Terry. Where did he come from? Like. Oh, so Terry's fascinating because Terry's like, I mean, all the characters are a little bit me. Maybe not Catherine, as we've discussed, but maybe. <laughs> maybe I do like I mean, trifle is a favourite food. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, but I don't wear that. Kind of, anyway, moving on. So, t- you know, t- Terry was a combination of people that I I knew at the time. and it And it was fascinating that you picked Terry because – Peter, who is one of the funniest men on the planet and had been in a Peter Chelsea movie called Funny Bones and I knew and I'd, I'd worked with him in, in commercials. And in a way, Peter was the most nervous because he was the most, I wouldn't say scared of the water, but he was the, he was, he was the most worried about embarrassing himself. So in a way, it worked perfectly. Because, you know, I mean, I remember the conversation about so. You know, when you know, when there's the silver bit and I'm I'm running around and will, will that be a suit? No, Peter, that'll be you painted silver. What you, my body will be painted silver and I'll, and I'll be running around. Yeah, Peter, that's what it's going to be like because um, you're the silver surfer. Right, okay, good, good, brilliant. When we're doing that, <laughs> it was like, you know, so like, you know, all the characters were a, were a version of people that I kind of knew or, bits and pieces that I took from from different people. And he was kind of like, he was like my kind of fantasy vision, you know. It's like when he goes off travelling at the end and, you know, that was the bit of me at that age, you know, kind of like late 20s where I was like, you know, I mean, it came after a lot of people had been travelling and, you know, I was one of those people that, you know, wasn't from a privileged background and didn't have money to go off around the world and and I was the person who just thought oh god if I missed it you know I need to I need to go traveling I need to so that bit of his character was kind of like yeah that bit of me yeah because he's he's like the the character um which society says you should be at that age mm. you know, 30 years old time to get married you know and so 
that that was quite good for him to be in the film to show that you know and like you said and then then he kind of rebels against it and ends up going off traveling at the end and i don't know that was a really good part of that film yeah you you know life's not over when you're 30 and all kind of stuff like we've got i know it really i was speaking about this last summer you know when we were when the film was going to be screened at Watergate and blah, 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 and I was speaking to the guys from, from Wavelength, I think it was. And it's really weird looking back on it because you think about the kind of the late 90s and you think that there was something going on at the time where people were doing that. Is this all there is? You know, should I go off and do this? Is that what it's all about? And it's weird how conservative it got after that, even though surfing exploded. Yeah. You know, and it's now the kind of pastime of choice. You know, I mean, you can't get a stand-up for love nor money at the moment. You know what I mean? It's a bit, you know, I live in Brighton and you go down to the seafront and it's like, where did those 50 people come from? You know what I mean? (laughs) What is going on? So it's a bit like it's part of a lifestyle now. But at the same time, a lot of people are incredibly conservative, don't you think? You know what I mean? It's a bit like... You know, how many yeah. people do you meet that go, oh, yeah, fuck, I'm going to Bali? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know it's know. like you can't even get them to Bristol. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's got something to do with the internet because, like, the mid to late 90s was when it started to explode on the internet, wasn't it? Like you said, it felt like it might be going like a bit of a hippie kind of of way you know for for that decade and then all of a sudden it felt like the internet happened and everybody got sidetracked <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe yeah everybody went online and the do yeah. begun you know you could but, tra- travel digitally <laughs> but what do you think i mean what do you guys think about not only in this country but sort of not globally but you know what does surfing feel like now compared to the portrayal then you know what i mean it's has it changed is it is it still the same because i've got this weird feeling that a lot of things are still the same and that's why the film still resonates yeah i think it's um so the film kind of portrays what it was like in the 90s which was kind of underground wasn't it, it you know it's a little bit mm. like he said at the start you know uh, like surfing and skateboarding it was, mm. it was a when it wasn't that cool not really unknown and then it kind of come back like we we said we were the only two kids at school skated at the time um but if you were in that kind of group and the films that were coming out for for skateboarding and um you know not like feature films like actual yeah absolutely well yeah and they, they were really you were like all kind of part of it together so i think when you're really into the surfing scene i think that's still there like like this core group of people that really passionately love it i think that's still there and they all feel a bit kind of connected by that yeah and i think you've also got that bit where it's it's a lot of it is the same and the people who've been surfing uh any amount of time still feel that same sort of bond with it and bond with people they know in it I think you've also got another side of it where people are now finding that it's getting a lot more popular. There's a lot more people getting into it and there's a lot more sort of irritation coming with it as well. Mm. Where that it's weird there. as well because that's kind of, you know, because that, that was always there. I mean, what what really, I mean, what I loved in some of the early drafts of the movie which got lost in development was, I, ne- I never forget there was a, just a legendary day when we we met all the guys at St Agnes. The Driftwood Spas was the was the centre of the kind of universe. The, you know, the community around there was 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 more kind of buoyant, and there was a lot a lot more kind of younger people, sort of closer to that point than there there are now. And you know, the the break in front of the Driftwood, the heart, you know, the old harbour there, you know, it. it I don't know what the banks are like now. I haven't been there for a couple of years, but it it was always it was like the kind of the local amphitheater, you know. And it was I remember this one day on a Sunday, and I'd borrowed this, or I'd rather hired this really I thought was really fantastic red and yellow striped longboard that I must have just looked like the biggest plonker on the planet, and. <laughs> 
paddled out unsuccessfully, you know, and it was just surfer after surfer, like going, this is what I've got. What have you got? I've got a bit of that. Yeah. And what about that? And Oh, I'm going to go out to the point. And it was just amazing to see, you know, that community doing that in the way that all of the surfing communities, all the kind of locals do everywhere in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, not that they did, but it's a bit like, go to church and what do you do after you've been to church go surfing yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and it and i just yeah. thought this is just magic you know and it was the whole pecking order you know there was like the granddads the dads the sons the grandsons you know and everyone was out there and it's that sort of sense of community that we did we lost in the film that i it'd make a great still make a great film you know what i mean that kind of and you get a bit of that in in Bella Vista that I was talking about the Italian movie you know those different generations of and surfers and you know really cool characters really interesting characters you know you know what do they do during the day or when they're not surfing what what what's the what's the job they do that allows them to drop it when it's going off you know and that was all really fascinating to me maybe that's the uh plot for blue juice too yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got to ask the question would if it if it is something like that could happen or would happen how would you think that would play out oh it's really that's a tricky question because i think that things have changed you know in a way to contradict what we were talking about before things have changed a lot and yet they haven't changed very much and so, but I'm not sure that it's fair or right to do the film about things haven't changed much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was talking to Sean about it last year and, you know, we were laughing about the possibility of, you know, doing the the kids movie. You know what I mean? It's a bit like the kids are those characters yeah. getting together and what would that be like? And it would be radically different i don't know you know it's a bit like you were saying before it was a specific moment and a specific feeling i think if you did something around it now it kind of need to be different because i could see how it could be awful do you know what i mean you get the gang back together and go down to cornwall and it's a bit like you know that environment has changed and now post-pandemic, you know, it's a bit like, and post-Brexit. So, you know, the locals have got less money. Everybody wants to go there and live there because, you know, they can quote-unquote work from home. And it's a bit like, what's going on? You know, it's it's so you can't – I think at this moment in time, all those things are, are kind of so forefront in people's minds that it's quite hard to transpose – yeah. something that was a long time ago into now you know what i mean yeah yeah and, and i know what i mean because the the original film came out at kind of the perfect time in the 90s yeah. and you yeah. know and i think it's also that thing uh when we were chatting to matt adler Leighton said it's like with north shore you love we love that film and we love blue juice so much that you sort you don't want it to end you want to see what happens to them you know you want to yeah yeah carry on following their lives I mean, the tv you know in the in the in the in contemporary kind of entertainment a tv series is much more interesting because then you can tell multiple stories you know you can tell the story of i mean you know we all know and love you know there are the area around croyd and putzborough and that area has developed in the last 10 years in a way that no one could predict. Yeah. And it's also got a vibe which is energized and fresh. And so getting a bit of all of that involved, if it's a TV show, could be like really, really interesting. Because then you could flip flop all the characters and do the reverse of what you expect, you know, make Dean the local guy who's making it good and whatever. And 
JC the guy that's actually buggered off and is everybody's bored with. And do you know what I mean? In other yeah. words, flip things on their heads so that it's a nice surprise for people. Yeah. Oh, well, that that scene because that's where we go surfing mainly and the and the places that you said and I like Saunton and all that. And so just from doing that and doing this podcast, we've got to know some of the local people down there and realise that they they all obviously all know each other as well. So that that small community of surfers still exists. Yeah. Place like that as well. Um, you know, I mean, look, they, at Andrew, look at Andrew Cotton. You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. Who would have believed? And it's like pff, now you've got a legendary big wave surfer who's doing lots of fantastic things. You know, so it's it's interesting, and I think there's a lot of. Um, and I could be putting my foot in my mouth here, so forgive me, community, if I do this. But I think there's quite a lot of South Africans there as well, isn't there? Um, yeah, I think you might be right, actually. Yeah, um, Tom Hewitt's there. Well, they he's in Croyd, and he runs Surfers Not Street Children. Mm. Uh, him and his his family are in Croyd at the moment, so mm. they're from South Africa. I think to- Tom's originally from the UK, but and that's a, you know it's a really you know it's a it's a fantastic vibe. That I mean, I've been really really lucky to spend quite a lot of time in Cape Town and surfed there and got lots of friends there and I've got a I've got a Cape Tonian mate who surfs with me in Brighton and there's a there's a real energy and vibe and a kind of also really nice peacefulness about that kind of style you know and I think that you know all that stuff's really really interesting because it's it's like classic UK you know it's a bit like the UK's made up of all these brilliantly diverse communities it's not just people who were born in Cornwall, although people in Cornwall will now officially send somebody out to kill me. But you know, it, it, <laughs> it, you know, that's that mix of that vibe, and that's that's also what you kind of you love and you look for in in surfing. You know, that kind of the mix and the conversation and the life, and you know, you know, you hope you go down the beach and somebody says, you know, where are you from? I'm from Biarritz, and oh, you should come to Biarritz. And the next thing you know, boom, you know. You're there, you know. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what makes it wonderful. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, isn't it? That uh, kind of unites the surfers as well. You know, I really love that. Like, since we've done the podcast, we chat to people, and then when they get offered to, oh yeah, you know, if you're ever over here, then you can come and stay with us and all that. And that's it's really nice feeling. And like we were saying before, like it's got this kind of uh, community around it. That's a really cheesy way of saying it, but it's like a tribe, isn't it? Mm. Like, yeah. And you've got that, there's, there's only two groups that I know where people do that, which is, like we said before, skateboarders and surfers. If you're a skateboarder, yeah. anywhere you go in the world, you've always got somewhere to stay. Yeah. You can be a skateboarder and okay, you crash on my sofa or whatever. And a lot of surfers are the same. If you're you know, oh, if you're in this part of the world, let us know. Yeah. But it's, it's the, it's, there's something about communities with their kind of heart and soul in the ocean, in the water. I mean, divers are like that. You know, I'm a diver as well. And if you, they, they're very similar to surfers. They can be a bit, there's a bit of standoffish to start off with. And maybe there's a little bit of kind of bristling going on. And you're like thinking, well, I'm not sure. And the minute you break through that, boom, you know, they're like, you know, you've got people on your sofa that you don't even bloody know because you've met them on a boat in <laughs> somewhere, you know. Or somebody phones up and says, hey, you know, Dave said, you know, well, I'm, I'm, where are you? I'm at the station. Like, you what now? You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to get married. Oh, yeah, but I'm at the station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I stay with you? Um, right, so I've got one more question about, about Blue Juice. And then, well, I could ask you questions about Blue Juice forever, to be honest. But so... We read as well that a lot of the cast had to surf or started surfing yeah. or try, at least tried surfing during yeah. that. Do you know if, one, they found the joy of it and any of them carried on surfing? Yeah. And two, who was the best at it? <laughs> so, so here was the way that I went about it. I read that Lawrence Kasdan had put all of the cast of the Big Chill together in a house to live together during rehearsals. And I was like, Simon, to the producer, we're going to get them all together. We're going to put them in a house and they're going to live together, surf together. Simon's like, brilliant. You know, day two, no, day one, 
I remember, and, and they're all going to surf, so Rob and Steve are going to take them all out, and so we've got the boards and the trader and blah, blah, blah. And we turn up day one, and all of the carrot, all of the cast are behaving in accidentally in character <laughs> in the house. So Sean is shouting at Ewan. Um, Peter is trying to calm the situation down, and Steve McIntosh is like, "I'm having no part of this." Right. <laughs> And so they all went out surfing and, you know, Sean is a kind of I'll show you kind of actor and, you know, he was just like had to be the best. So, you know, he was immediately JC. Ewan was like naturally really good at it and kind of couldn't be bothered, and but he could do it, you know. It's like it was really annoying. It's Peter was scared, shiteless, and then <laughs> loved it. But with due respect to Sean, there's a couple of waves in the movie that Sean actually rode. Well, little sections of waves that he rode in Lanzarote. And that is to be respected because they were, they were short, short boards. And, you know, those waves in and around La Santa are not to be laughed at, even when they're like waist high. They're twice as thick as anything in the UK, you know, and you can, and it's a reef. You know what I mean? You fall off in the wrong place. You're in a lot of trouble. So whether or not they're still surfing, that I don't know. I haven't seen Sean. I couldn't go down to Watergate um, last year. So otherwise he would have been forced in the water with me and Stephen. I think, (laughs) I think we would have found out, but that's the truth. I mean, they, they, they all, did it because they really had to. You know, you can't you can't be an actor in anything unless you've got a level of experience. I mean, obviously, the London characters didn't have to be good surfers, but Sean had to look like he could paddle a board in the right way. Otherwise, we would have been laughed out of existence. Yeah, well, I think he pulled that off. Yeah, mm. he's, he's in that film. He's got the build and the. You yeah, know, looks like every short border. Exactly, and he sits. The good thing is that when he paddles, he sits up. You know, his chest is up, and he yeah. and he, he looks like he's paddling, not not like it's not that classic thing where even people that are, that are quite good, if they're not fit enough, they start kicking. You know, you see that a lot. Yeah, and it's a bit like guys. That's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've mentioned as well that you've been travelled all around the world and everything like that, different places you've surfed. Yeah. Where, if you had to pick one of them, Costa Rica, you know, well, straight away, Costa Rica. Yeah, <sighs> it's just. I'm glad you have one straight away because a lot of people M and R and then they come back to the home break. So it's nice to speak to somebody. I mean, listen, Costa Rica is a fantasy. <laughs> well, you know what's really weird? You know, Costa Rica is your fantasy destination because you can base yourself somewhere and if it's not working there it's working there and so on and so forth and it's you know you've you've got to get the season right because obviously when it gets a bit chunky it's too big for the likes of me and you can get into trouble you know real quickly but I mean I just you know it's like perfect road trip you know I mean the only thing is that it's it I mean I was there quite a long time ago and it was it's the go-to for Californians, so it's busy, you know. But but like I say, the, the, the biggest revelation for me in the last couple of years has been the south of Italy because, you know, now I'm a kind of, you know, a stand-up or, you know, on a good day, a longboard, on a good day, a longboarder, if I've had some time in the water. Otherwise, it's just get bashed about. But so, you know, I'd like small longboard surf and the thing that's wonderful about down there is hey you know even in the winter you could wear a shorty and (laughs) and you know certain places down there maybe there's somebody else in the water maybe there's nobody i mean that you know you know people feel differently about how they like to surf what i love 
within reason and not to ever be dangerous, but the possibility of going out and you are on your own and it's breaking is just yeah. the most incredible feeling in the world. Yeah, See, I'd shit, I'd shit my pants on my own out there. <laughs> <Would you? laughs> I'd like to be with someone. I, I, I you, you see, the weird, the weird thing is, that I was really lucky. I did a TV series called The Wine Show, and I'd never been to Australia before. And we were down in the south, and I, I literally, we went all the way on the plane to Australia, and I booked a kind of surf lesson the day we arrived. And I was like, "Oh man, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, I had to slip. What am I? This is crazy." And I had to drive three hours out of town to get to this place. And the guy's like, hey, how you doing? I said, well, you know, I just got off a flight. And he said, you'll be fine. And we paddled out, and it was so shallow. I just put myself, right? And we we, we supped for about, like, you know, an hour or something. And because of the conditions and because of the the fact you had to be on it, it wasn't big, but you had to be on it because it was shallow. And I was just like, wow. And I got out and he's like, what do you think? I was like, it's amazing. He said, you see, it doesn't matter that you've been on a long haul flight. When you get into it, it's amazing. So it's it's all those things that it just, I mean, you know, talk about being blessed. I mean, that stuff's just incredible. But then I, I remember another time down there that I got really scared, really, really scared. And I think that you you know, within reason not for anybody to get hurt or not to put anybody else in danger because that's that's the worrying thing. If you go and you do something that is beyond your capability, you're putting other people in danger, not yourself, you know, and that's – I really, really don't like that. But you, know, you have to have those times where you think, ooh, that's beyond my limits to get your respect back to, do, to not do it again because otherwise you can – like I say, the worst thing in the world is to put anybody else in danger. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what you were just saying has just made me think of a question of how has surfing changed your life? <laughs> I think maybe <laughs> that's the question. I'm worried that maybe you should ask my wife. Um, it, it's <laughs> the, the way that it's changed my life is that it's given me a focus that I truly love and it gives me whether it's a sport, a pastime, a passion, which I can do on my own or or with a mate, a couple of mates. I was never, I mean, I played a lot of team sport at a high level, you know, when I was young, but I didn't like it. I, I just didn't like it. And for me, that connection with the water and that connection with nature is just, it's just wonderful, you know. I mean, we moved to Brighton. I grew up in Devon. I'm half Italian, you know. It's like if if I'm not, I could never live anywhere that was too far away from the ocean because it, it just uh, I'd be lost. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant answer. Yeah, well, we just we just mesmerised then. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, the weird thing is, it's that whole kind of thing about. The, the incredible thing is being able to say that, you know, being able to have been given this wonderful opportunity in life to sort of to know who you are. You know, there mm. are many people that aren't lucky enough to say, yeah, I love the ocean, I love this, this is me, you know, because they've never had that opportunity or they get distracted by something else that they think is more important. You know what I mean? It's, it's like we were saying before about searching and surfing. You know, if you if you really want to search and you really want to surf, you've got to make a commitment to it. You can't just say, oh, I'll go down to Salton a couple of times a year. It's like, yeah, it's cool. You can do that. But you won't discover anything like that because the minute you get into it, it's time to go home. Yeah. Yeah. You need the kind of commitment where you get off a long haul flight and then drive three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And there were stingrays in the water. I didn't mention that part. I was like, "What's that? That's a stingray!" Really? Okay. <laughs> well, the the passion that's coming across from your surfing, you can tell why the film was such a success, and just just from the passion you have about surfing, it's it's been incredible to talk to you about it, and it's 
been well amazing for us because the, the films had a massive impact. Oh, on it's us. a pleasure, guys. It's a pleasure. And like very soon, I hope I shall be driving past, and you will get a phone call, and I will go. I think it's quite nice at Pottsbury. Should we go out? Oh, oh definitely do, do that because we got two brand new. I saw them. Yeah. What are they like? We haven't ridden, ridden them yet. The X has been a bloody surf. That's been flat. <laughs> no. And tell, tell me who, who made them for you again? It was Dom at Origin Surf Co. And uh, he's based in Bristol. Right. So he's an Australian guy and uh, lives over here with his, his wife. And he's uh, based in Bristol. And he's, he's, he's a magician. He's dead. They look fabulous. Yeah. Uh, we, we can't wait to get out on them. We really can't. We're itching to get out on them. Well, I, I, I've got to hook you up with this guy who's my friend Simon Ledson. He made these incredible strung wooden boards. He made these wooden boards called the Leddies that were like an aircraft wing that right. were that were built around a structure but were stripped wood. These huge, like old school long boards that I right. he's still got one of them. I keep kind of saying, can we take it out? He's like, mm, I think that stays in the house. But <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, definitely. We definitely have to go out and I mean, Putts, Puttsburgh, it doesn't get any better than Puttsburgh. I mean, yeah. Puttsburgh is one of those places we've spoken about a few times. We always have bad experience. A scary experience. <laughs> that happens. might be our fault because no, we go. No, no, no. It's like, do you know, it's really weird you should mention that because that's another South African connection. I've got a friend of mine who's from Cape Town who had never really been south, south, kind of surfing this country so i took him and another mate down and we stayed we camped in croyd and we went out in Puttsburgh, and it was one of those classic moments where i thought that looks like it's kind of getting bigger and, I, and he was like do you think that's getting bigger i was like no no no, be fine be fine we paddled out and you know you know when it's quite big and you paddle out on the left side of Puttsburgh towards the 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 headland yeah and like we were paddling out and the other guy was on an inflatable and he went to take off on this wave. And I just thought, this is really going to end badly. And the, the inflatable got sucked up the back of the wave. So it was kind of, what is that, vertical. He got yeah. spat off the front. And then as he got up from being pushed underneath, the boards came through the air upright, 12 foot upright, <laughs> hit him in the face. Oh. And Dave was like, Chicky's all right. I was like... Yeah, I think it's fine. The next thing I knew, he was kind of dragging himself up the beach towards the car park. And I was like, I think we'll go in. He went, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, nobody wants to say it's getting too big and getting in. Be like, oh, yeah, it's a bit tired now. Should we get in? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that it's that same area of Putzburg and Croyd. And I've said before, I went, friend Sam, who works at The Wave in Bristol, I went down with him. And he used to live in Croyd for a couple of years. And he worked down there. So he was used to surfing there all the time. And I went down one winter with him a couple of years ago and we, we went down and he, he got onto the beach and he looked up and he went, that does look quite big. And yeah. I was like, ah, oh, it'd be all right. Go on. You know, same sort of thing. Yeah, it'd be fine. And I, he's really, really good surfer. And he paddled out like super fast, got out there and I could just see him in the distance, stand up on a wave, like stand up, look up at the wave and the wave was like double his head height and it just took him out completely. Yeah. I didn't see him again for the rest of the time. I was flailing around in the white water, yeah. basically trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're proper, you know, world-class waves. Well, people, and you're absolutely right, and people forget how dangerous sandbars can be, you know. It's like everybody talks about reefs, and, you know, fair enough, you fall off on a reef and it's shallow, you're in a lot of trouble. But sandbars, and I tell you, the other thing that happened to me a couple of times, embarrassingly, at Saunton was my stand-up flew backwards and hit me in the leg. <laughs> and I, honest to God, thought I'd broken my leg. Well, yeah. It was a... just, and like you're just lying on the beach and this young guy comes up to me and goes, you're right, mate, can I carry your board? And I was like, swallow your pride. I was like, yeah, I don't feel I can carry it. oh that was brilliant well we we'd love to we'd love to go surfing with you i'll give you a shout definitely 
pleasure. Legend. Thank you, Carl Prickhetzer. Wow. (laughs) You threw me off then. That's a totally different response and all. He was amazing, wasn't he? Oh, what a lovely, lovely guy. And uh, like we chatted a bit afterwards as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, but really felt like he was, uh, well, he's definitely like a a surfer, isn't he? You know, it felt like... um, Felt like just a cool, friendly, nice guy you could just have a chat with, you can go surf with. Yeah, I I felt like, like, even, even though we're not, but it felt like we were in like a pub, like a Cornish pub chatting. Yeah. About the good old days, the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, anyone of, of over a certain age like ourselves that you start talking to and, you, you know, you'd be like, ah, oh, I remember the good days in the 90s. Like, like you said on there, when it was different, before everything went so conservative and yeah. PC and, you know. as Well, it- that's what we said at the film was just at the right time, wasn't it? Yeah. And especially for us in our, in our time of life. Yeah. And... So, yeah. Uh, I, I know you wanted to go into much more detail about the Catherine Zeta-Jones scene in that film, but... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, like, who wouldn't? But, you know, as a 15-year-old lad, that was, like... Yeah, that, that was that was the sexiest thing I've ever seen at that point. You know, it was just like, wow, I really, really like trifle. <laughs> do, do you know how different we are, though? Do you know what I took on that, from that scene? What? Oh, they're playing T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Were they playing music, were they? Yeah. <laughs> Get it on. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, he was great. And I mean, there's so many things I I wanted to ask him and I didn't ask him um different things that happen in the scre- in the in the film. Yeah. But you know I love her. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, well, well they, you no, Makahiki what, and what would have yeah. happened is you just would have recited <laughs> yeah. lines out and it'd have been like yeah, yeah, that was one of the lines, yeah. So, you know when Dean says, you're going to surf the boneyard, and you know... <laughs> yeah, that would have but there's little things um, which we've kind of spotted in the film after watching it, I don't know, like 500 times or something like that. Like um, JC, when he says to, to Terry, uh, you know, this is my caravan, you can stay here. And he goes, oh, I'm not staying in that. And he says, oh, no, Terry, it's it's bigger than it um, than it looks. It's, kind it's of bigger like, on the inside. It's like the TARDIS, yeah. yeah. And obviously... Sean, Sean Pertwee's dad. Yeah, it is. was um, Doctor Who. So yeah. I'm wa- I wanted to ask him, I totally forgot, but I wonder if that line was intentional because of that. Yeah. So maybe we'll email him and ask him because we're going to, like you said, nerd out on it. So Yeah. We do apologise for our, our, our... nerdiness. <laughs> our nerdiness, <laughs> is that a word? I don't know, who cares? But yeah, this was an absolute pleasure to talk to him and he was a lovely man and... Hopefully we get a surf of him. We didn't ask him if he wanted to be found on Instagram or anything like that, you know. We just we were just nerding out. Yeah, it just, yeah, just got kind of... He's on Instagram, if you can find him. He might accept you, he might not want you to know he's on Instagram, but he's on <laughs> That's there. That's true. Find him. Actually, yeah, we never ask people if it's okay. <laughs> we just kind of put them on the spot, yeah. so... Where can people find you? <laughs> What's your address? <laughs> Tell everyone now. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So but yeah, we, we hope you enjoyed chat, it. Though. We we really did, as yeah. you could probably tell with smiling and like one of the answers he gave about surfing and we were just sat there looking at each other afterwards. We didn't like, say anything. We were just no. like Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was a good night. Yeah, we we're totally mesmerised, yeah. Yeah. Like the stuff he said in that interview, like imagine that like he said Steve they saw Steve Coogan for a part. Imagine Amazing, that yeah. Alan's gonna surf the boneyard. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the whole the whole chat was brilliant. It's just cause you get some like insider information. And he's yeah. he's well, everybody who speaks to is lovely, but he is a really nice guy. Yeah. So many like so many things about blue juice in there that I like didn't know and Yeah, I love the fact that they all kind of lived together for a bit while whilst that. filming the uh the, the film that yeah. is and they cool. all like like turned into their characters by yeah. mistake <laughs> well that is, that just means you know, that, that the character selection was perfect for them yeah yeah that's so cool um so yes carl actually this summer is um part of the wavelength drive-in cinema yeah uh, the Wavelength Drive-In Cinema, they've got Hold It Down in Watergate Bay in Newquay. Yeah, is yeah right? Watergate Bay, yeah. It, so there's lots of dates this year because I think it was quite successful last year. Yeah. And they run from the 16th of July right through to the 5th of September 2021. If you want to go on and check it out, it's go to wavelength.com slash drive-in. Um, they got some amazing films this year. Obviously, on, what's the films? What's the films? Okay, so straight up, we've got Surf's Up. It's cool. Cool kids film as it surfs up. Aight. <laughs> so actually, the story of surfs up is much like North Shore. Is it? 
Yeah. And they're playing North Shore. Oh, oh. what a link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big Wednesday, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dirty Dancing. So it's not all just surf films. You know, anybody can enjoy it. Um, Blue yeah, Crush. Let's just do the surf films, though. Okay, all right. Then Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, Blue Juice, obviously. Let me go through. They've got Endless Summer. They have Point Break. The good one or the crap one? Uh, well, it's going to be the good one, isn't it? Because it's just got Point Break. Yeah. So, uh, But that, there's a couple of showings of Point Break. Uh, North Shore is playing Blue Crush again. Point Break again. Yeah, there's, a, there's a few. Chasing Mavericks, like Jason Mavericks. Good film. Yeah, did yeah. enjoy that. Jay Moriarty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really good film. Riding Giants. That's one of them. And yeah, so there's multiple ones. Uh, and they're, uh, towards the end... There's the wavelength surf film festival as well, and that is like the last, some of the last few dates. That would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. So make sure you go online, go and check it out, and yeah, well, great thing and driving. Yeah, driving movie, and don't forget that code again for Northcore to get fifteen percent off is SS Podcast, and that's valid to the thirtieth of June, and then from the first of July, Surf Show. Just type in Surf Show, all capitals, and that will get you 15% off anything you order from North Core. Yeah, so just before we go, I just wanted to acknowledge last week, which was the G7 Summit, and Surfskate Sewage were there, and I think they had about a 1,000 people at the paddle which is yeah. awesome. Protest paddle out. Yeah, and that yeah. was awesome. There's families there and everything, and it looked like it, like it was a really good day, and, and like getting a message across, and yeah, there was... Like peaceful protests, it was great. Yeah, also um, well done to the uh, Queer Surf Club and Wave Wahinis held their first event on Croyd Beach. Yep, that was and the same that, day actually. Same day, it? yeah, looked like it went down really well as well. Yep. A lot of people, they said they made a lot of friends, a lot of allies, a lot of new friends, a lot yep. of people learning and surfing for the first time. So a good weekend all round for surfers really. Yeah, so see you next time. Thanks for listening, bye. Cheers, bye.